Welcome to Community Pulse from Environmental Design Group, highlighting the transformations happening in our communities and celebrating the leaders making them happen. Tammy Naguki, her EDG co-host and their special guest, reveal insights that are driving our communities forward, right now on Community Pulse. Welcome everybody today to EDG's Community Pulse podcast. Today we have a very special guest, Mayor Glenn Brosca, Mayor, City of Streetsboro. We want to welcome all our listeners back to our podcast, and uh, hopefully today you'll get great value in listening to a great story of leadership. Mayor, thank you for taking the time today out of your busy schedule to uh, talk with us and to our listening audience. It's my pleasure. Uh, Thank you. And uh, we also have Frank Bronzo principal and leader at Environmental Design Group, driving organization forward. Welcome, Frank. Thank you, and, Dwayne. Uh, it's great to be here again. Yeah, thank you. Uh, thank you both for for um, dialing about leadership, innovation, disruption, which we've all been through, and what the future holds. And uh, so, but first, before we get started into uh, dialogue, a little bit of background on uh, Mayor Brasca. Um, you were elected as uh, Streetsboro's second full-time mayor in 2011, and you're currently in your third term. Correct. Also, while being a 36-year resident of Streetsboro. So um, I think you're, you're living there and your dedication um, shows through. Um, prior to uh, first election, the mayor was employed in the private sector as a sales manager for a large breakfast food company and concurrently worked part-time in the Streetsboro Fire Department, attaining the rank of captain. And in 1994, he realized his dream of becoming a full-time firefighter and began working at the Twinsburg Fire Department uh, while maintaining part-time status at the Streetsboro Fire Department and served 17 years as captain at the Twinsburg Fire Department. And clearly through that, uh, your civic duty shows through uh, as one of your passions. Uh, his love for Streetsboro runs deep and, and he prides himself with the progress the city has accomplished over the last nine years from a new water tower, improved roadways, to the planning of a new fire department that is underway. And uh, Mayor Brasca's door is always open for anyone who would like to share questions, concerns, or comments about Streetsboro. So, Mayor, we'll start off. uh, Again, thank you for um, sharing your time with us. We're so glad to have you here today and excited to learn about your accomplishments over the last few years. But can you give uh, our audience, our listening audience, a little background on what drives you and what landed you in the mayor's seat in Streetsboro? When I was employed at Twinsburg Fire Department, uh, the first mayor that I worked for, the mayor that hired me, was Mayor Jim Karabek. And uh, Mayor Karabek was the absolute driving force for turning Twinsburg into the city that it is today. And I, you know, I watched what he had done there, uh, developing the industrial parks, uh, bringing in the new homes. Um, I was very jealous of the people that lived up in Ethan's Green. They were beautiful. And, and I saw what he was doing with, uh, uh, with the city of Twinsburg. And then after him, uh, Kathy Prokop took over. And uh, she was an uh, in, in equal to Jim Karabek, and she took what he was doing and continued to improve the city. Well, you know, I drove home every morning to Streetsboro, and I would drive down, and I always had this vision uh, of what Streetsboro could be. And, you know, if you you always look at something you want to emulate, mm-hmm. and, you know, I looked at 
city of Twinsburg, and the city of Twinsburg was a, a middle-class community, middle, upper-middle-class community, and, and, and I felt that what they had there was something that I felt that we should have in Streetsboro. And um, prior to me becoming mayor, the city of Streetsboro had a reputation in politics of people eating their young. Um, we were more in the paper for bad things than we ever were for good. And I just, you know, I just felt with the training that I had received in the fire department, the training I received while I was a, uh, a sales manager, uh, in my previous job that I, I, I felt that the vision was there and I felt that the capability was there to do something for the city. Mm -hmm. So you emulated other leadership. And that's kind of what we hope to on these podcasts to, you know, share leadership styles, ideas, thoughts, vision, so that our listeners can maybe take something out of that or give you a call and discuss that. So you can pass that you know, leadership that you've, you've learned down. Yeah. Speaking of that, Mayor, you know, can you give our listeners a little bit of maybe insight of what some of the current initiatives are and why, why you feel uh, they're so important to the city of Streetsboro? Economic development and infrastructure. Um, I mean, that is that that's really the the basis and foundation for just about everything that we do. Um, prior to me taking office, um, we had not paved a road in the city in over ten years. Um, our roads were absolutely atrocious, and um, although my 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 first couple um, city councils were not the most friendly. We were able to start a road project. We were putting a million dollars away each year to do roads. And um, we have added to that. Um, I have very, very aggressively pursued um, AMATS grants. And we've been very successful to the tune of an excess of $30 million um, that we have obtained. And we've used that. We just got done last year uh, replacing the entire uh, traffic signal system in the city. It hadn't been updated since 1994. Um, we put a whole new uh, preemption system there. We put all new mast and arms, LED lights, um, a whole new brain for the system. Uh, right now, we're currently in a process of uh, basically rebuilding State Route 14, which is our busiest uh, road. We're getting three lanes, um, center turn lane, curbs, gutters, and sidewalks uh, from basically from Diagonal Road all the way to downtown. One of my main goals has been able, has being able to take the outer parts of the city and connect them into the inner parts of the city via sidewalks. Um, we didn't have any. And we have this project, State Route 14 project, going this year. Next year, we will start on a State Route 43 project, which will go from Market Square Drive to Frost Road, which will do the exact same treatment. We've uh, applied for uh, grants to do State Route 303 um, to the east. So we have done uh, what we're trying to do is bring the city up to date. This year, we're paving, we're paving 19 roads this year. And we've received help from OPWC. Uh, you know, we have not only taken our money, but I call it OPM, other people's money. <laughs> um, and we have used that to extend what we've been able to do. And the economic development, um, you know, everybody knows Amazon is taking over and we've, we've had a very difficult time um, with retail. 
I'm still, I mean, we have some empty buildings, um, but I'm still very proud. We not only have uh, a Lowe's, but we have a Home Depot, and both of them are thriving. You know, we have our Super Walmart. We have a Target. Uh, you know, we have our Giant Eagle. We have um, in excess of 40 restaurants that are in town. The list goes on and on. And I have a new economic development director I hired last year, Patrick O'Malia, and the guy is aces. And he actually picks up the phone and calls people and says, hey, I want you to come here and we're going to help you. And um, this year alone, we have a, uh, a 434,000 square foot spec building under construction. There's another 250,000 square foot building that is that is on plans. I have numerous other uh, expansions that are planned out. Um, I had one company that was getting ready to leave, their building was on the market less than a week. They had a buyer to come in. Um, Streetsboro, you know, we've always had location, location, location. And, you know, I, I, I call it, you know, our curse and our blessing. We're at the at the end of Interstate 480, and we were one exit 13 off the Ohio Turnpike. Now there's a lot more. Um, but both of those, um, as it stands right now, Streetsboro is the fifth busiest interchange on the Ohio Turnpike. And that's counting the east and west ends and the I-75 corridor and the I-71 corridor. So basically, when you think about it, we're the third uh, the third busiest intersection. We have over 5 million cars a year get off and on the Turnpike here. So we are poised for it. Is it a curse? Sometimes it is, but I look at it as more of a blessing. Um, it has enabled us to build a city and as we've been building it, naturally, we get that influx of income tax dollars. And we have, uh, I don't want to say artificially, but we have kept the amount of people that we have working for the city, we, we've we kept it very tight. We don't have, you know, we don't have any fat sitting around. The people that work there, they work very hard, um, you know, and, and we've grown as we've absolutely needed. And this economic development and the retail, um, they have all helped to do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. If I can, right, we talked about infrastructure. We talked about economic development. Bringing those two together really comes down to you need good infrastructure to have economic development in a community. Absolutely. Goods and services have to get to the buildings to be able to to distribute to the residents and businesses, and people are going to want to like to drive to to your businesses and your community safely. Um, so, you know, for those listeners on on the phone, I think that that's a key component there when you look at transportation infrastructure dollars, such as the AMETs, the federal dollars you're getting in, and OPWC. Those are instrumental to to building a good economic and viable community for people to live, work, and play in. Well, so, when I can get 90% of the project paid for um, by OPM, and I only have to put 10% of it, that stretches my dollars 10 times. You know, we're we're getting ready right now to, um, I don't want to say do a complete redo, but we are going to dramatically um, improve our water system. We have some some older pipes in town, um, and we're looking, there, there are... Uh, 
very low interest rate loans that are available from uh, you know from the state and our water department is an enterprise fund. I can only use it for water projects. So we are going to use some of the stimulus money. We were originally in line for 3.4 and now we're down to 1.7, but we're going to use that and then we're going to take a loan out through the state and we're going to do um, about $9 million in improvements. We're going to get rid of the old asbestos lines. We're going to get rid of the clay pipe and concrete. We're going to plastic. Um, and it'll be probably a two-year project. And, you know, we know that we will get a, we have a good quality water right now, but we know that this will lend itself to a better quality with more capacity. And a few years back, we put in our water tower. And now we can, uh, you know, we can regulate the pressure that's going out. We can make sure that we have enough water for our businesses. So, you know, I look at this as, as globally, everything that we do goes in a circle. If I improve my infrastructure, I get more business. If I get more business, I get more people that want to be here. If I get more people want to be here, I get more business. I get more, uh, more retail. I get all this and it builds kind of in like a groundswell and it's continued to build. I'm very proud. We had a, a housing development that had, um, 541 lots that were destined for this and, they are getting into the last phases and every house in that housing development was sold before the basement was put in. They built no spec homes. So what this tells me is that I have people that are on the outside wanting to move to Streetsboro because we are close to things, because I offer, you know, my service department is second on. We have some of the best snow removal out there. Uh, my police department is fantastic. My fire department is ISO rated two. We only missed an ISO rating one literally by fractions of a point. And we're going to go back after that because there's only a, a few ISO ones out there. But we're an ISO rated two. Um, I mean, and when you look and you look at the attractiveness of it, of, of, of what we can offer there, we are we are to the point now where we are starting to generate enough income. We just got done with our, our fire station. We went to the voters. We built a new $5.3 million fire station and uh, an $800,000 service garage. Those are both complete now. In fact, we're going to have the dedication for the fire department uh, here on August 14th. We own about 14 acres of land right downtown. And originally we were destined to turn that into some type of retail. Well, with the retail market slipping, we, I, I, I have a council now that I can speak with and cooperate with and then we get along and we can share ideas and thoughts and what we have decided to do. The main part of our property is about nine and a half acres. We're going to turn that into basically a city center. Um, I'm in rented property right now for a city hall. We're 9,600 square feet, and we're basically all this close together <laughs> down there. And so I, I actually took counsel. We talked, um, and now we're going to look at. Uh, in addition to the fire station, we're going to put we're going to put up our city hall. Um, the, the the people have said we want something for the kids, so we're going to build uh, not a rec center, but a field house that people will be able to use. And adjacent to the field house, we're going to put a spot 
splash pad. And it's all going to be on one location. It's all going to be where when you come down State Route 43 and you look off to the east, you're going to see a beautiful new fire station, a beautiful new city hall. You're going to see a, a brand new field house. You're going to see a splash pad. You're going to see something that indicates what type of community you're coming into. And that's kind of the image. That, that is the image that we want to project. Yeah. That's pretty amazing, Mayor. So going back to leadership, you know, you talked a little bit about emulating past leaders and uh, mentioned currently working very well with Consul. So how would you describe your leadership style? Um, anymore, when I first came on board, and, and I will be the first to admit it, it was my way or the highway. Mm-hmm. I really felt like you know that 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 we had to do things that we had to do things in a specific manner yeah. and over the years in, in in this position you really you can't be that way okay mm-hmm. you have to have give and take mm-hmm. you know granted you may think that your that that your idea is the best but you know even when I argue with my wife, 99 times out of 100, she's right, okay? And, you know, I've, I've gotten to the point where I'm more amenable to, uh, you know, to suggestions and stuff like that. And I don't know whether it's because I'm getting older or what, but um, a lot more relaxed than I used to be. And I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that I've been doing the job for so I'm very comfortable in a job now. My leadership around City Hall um, is a very relaxed atmosphere. You don't have to raise your voice. Um, And I really do believe that being in the fire service, we were forced to make critical decisions very, very quickly. You had people's life in your hands. And you had to make basically the absolute right decision right then and there. And what it enabled me to do was to be able to look at a problem and to solve a problem very quickly. So, I mean, an overall description is, is that I have become a lot more cooperative. Um, but when I have to make a decision, mm-hmm. I make that decision and I live with that decision. Mm-hmm. I treat people fairly. You know, sometimes people get in trouble mm-hmm. and I understand that people are people. Mm-hmm. And I mean, as long as there's something not egregious, mm-hmm. everybody gets a second chance with me, yeah. but you know, don't screw up twice. Cause then we're going to have to start to do something. Yeah. So, you know, my leadership, it's not a hands off. I am involved in every aspect of that city. Mm-hmm. There is truly nothing that goes on that I'm not aware of. Mm-hmm. Um, we're very big on transparency. Um, I have a social media page. My council has a social media page. Mm-hmm. Um, I share what's going on in the city with people. And, and, and I do know that not everybody has a computer, but there's no newspaper anymore, um, so I can't utilize a newspaper to get the word out. So I have to try and do what I can to get the word out to people. And mm-hmm. it was funny. We just got through with a uh, a thing. Uh, uh, Shelly Corporation is going to start mining on a specific area. And I posted something, and the reach on it was over 18,000 people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that... To me, that's we're getting out there to the people. They know what we're doing. Yeah, and I'm definitely accessible. You, I answer my own phone. Mm-hmm. If you leave me a voicemail, I return it. If you send me an email, I write you back. Mm-hmm. And I believe that uh, the people elect me, and I'm there to serve them. Well, it sounds like you have some great tenets of leadership when you study leadership, and when we studied leadership, you you've grown and you're always learning, oh, yeah. and you've changed. Right, you've changed from being very direct and. Um, 
you know, that was difficult. Just, well, again, another sign of leader being able to self-assess yourself as a leader and saying, well, maybe I need to, to move the city forward in a, in a greater capacity at a faster rate. I need to allow people to make decisions and bring stuff to me. And micromanaging know. is out. Yeah, and so getting people to follow you versus you shall be, you shall do this, you shall be obedient versus getting everybody to follow you. So that's a, I think that's a great discussion or some great points for our listening audience as as they grow in leadership. That uh, you know, someone that's changed, it almost sounds very dramatic, pretty dramatically changed over. <laughs> Over nine years or so. So that's secret awesome. is hire good people. Well, that's that's <laughs> another secret, right? That's the secret. It really, truly is. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, I've had to kiss a few frogs over the years, mm-hmm. and I, and and right now the staffing that I have, the directors mm-hmm. that I have, I don't even want to say they're the best I can afford. I believe that they're the best out there, mm-hmm. and they know I have their back, mm-hmm. and I have a group of people. They're they're just top of the heap. Mm-hmm. They really, truly are. And mm-hmm. when they see what I when I buy in and when I do things, I just hired a new engineer. I've never had, I haven't had an engineer for 10 years. Mm-hmm. And and he, you know, he made the statement to me. He says, I cannot believe that you do what you do and that you're as involved as you are. Mm-hmm. And you, you have to be, you have to know what's going on. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's but been- But you give them autonomy as well to do the oh, yeah. job. Oh yeah, I tell them it's your job. Right. Right. You know, don't yeah. screw it up, but right. it's your job. <laughs> right. Well, that's, again, all the, you know, if you read a John Maxwell book, who who's an expert on leadership, all those things that you're talking about, those are tenets of strong, strong leadership. And so hopefully our listening audience can take some of these things and, and think about them, reflect on them. Yeah. And one thing that, you know, brings up the next topic I'd like to touch on is, you know, you, you pivoted, you know, your, your leadership style midstream because you've, you've learned and you moved and you move forward. But we were thrown this COVID pandemic, you know, into the mix. And, and, you know, it's caused quite a disruption in a lot of communities, and I'm sure it caused disruption in your community as well. Can you tell us some of the details maybe of how how that impacted uh, Streetsboro and how you were able to maybe guide your community through it? Well, it, it, it was, at first it was very impactful. I mean, naturally, all the restaurants virtually closed. And, uh, you know, then we started doing the drive through and, and stuff like that. And one of the first things we did was uh, we called it Borough Night Out. We encouraged all of our restaurants or all of our residents to help our restaurants out by calling in takeout orders and going to their drive throughs And, you know, we encouraged it. We, we told them, we said, every Friday, we want you folks to eat out. And it it helped many many of them to survive. Um, our income tax base is primarily manufacturing, and uh, many of the manufacturers uh, they came to us to try and get help to uh, to be essential businesses and to secure equipment and things like that. And, uh, Patrick Gormalia, my economic development director worked very hard with them to get them to be essential businesses. And we ended up not having to close virtually anybody. There were ways that we were able to connect what they did to essential business. And um, we had one company that was working, they were doing the swabs, and um, they could not get isopropyl alcohol, um, it, not in the quantities that they needed. So I, I picked up the phone, and I called Congressman Ryan, 
And I says, Congressman Ryan, I says, I need your help. I have a company that's essential that needs this isopropyl alcohol. He can't get it in quantity. And I, I have to give Congressman Ryan a pat on the back. He called me back in an hour and he says, we found some for you. And this guy was able to be a part of, you know, uh, uh, he was able to keep his business going because we were able to do this from him. We secured funding. We had a restaurant that their air conditioning HVAC wasn't quite what they needed it to be. We were able to secure them CARES Act money. I think $35,000 we were able to secure for them so that they could put uh, a new filtering type HVAC in. And, you know, at the end of the day, um, with a combination of a couple things, last year, I think everybody got a huge check back from the Bureau of Workers' Comp. We happened to get about $678,000. And because of the CARES Act, we were able to utilize some of that funding to pay our firemen and policemen. Well, even with those two involved, at the end of the year, when we closed our books, in addition to that additional money and that additional money, we were able to generate a carryover of almost $550,000. When I looked around us and saw some of the other communities around us that were not manufacturer-based, that were retail and service-based, some of them lost millions. And so I kind of really felt good. We ended up carrying over about $2.5 million last year, um, which was unheard of. And, you know, we knew literally on March 20th last year when when this thing hit, uh, the finance director and I sat down and talked and we said, stop, stop, don't spend anything that we don't absolutely need. You know, because my, my directors, they always have their wants. I need new police cars. I need new this. I need to do this. I want this. I want this. And I said, stop. Okay, and we did. We stopped. We usually segregate our budget. I put 78% of my income tax money into the general fund. I put 2% in a debt retirement, and I put 20% in the capital. We immediately closed off capital, and we had enough money in debt retirement I could close that off. So immediately, all of our income tax money went into our general fund. Now, I can transfer money from my general fund into capital, but I can't transfer money from capital back into general. So what we were able to do when we found something that we had to spend capital money on, I just had to have a council meeting and said, hey, I need to put X amount of dollars in my capital. So we put a stop on it and we watched our dollars. And, you know, the first couple months, our income tax was down. Well, then all of a sudden, the, the, the summer months started hitting and I'm getting increases and I'm going, oh, my God, I think we're going to survive this. Yeah. And we did. And we not only we survived, we thrived. But, you know, I feel bad for those communities that don't have a manufacturing base, that didn't have a central base, but we were able to put our people back to work. Nice. Yeah. That's, that's amazing and inspirational how you <laughs> manage that. I'm sure very stressful every night or every day for you. But that's oh, that's my wife. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So you talked about Streetsboro and all the great, uh, you know, the location, the turnpike and all the restaurants. Um, is there anything else that you can think of that makes uh, your community special, stands out? Yeah. The people that live there are a very giving type of people. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I have, I have some people 
actually quite a few people that are, um, you know, below the threshold. That they're they're not in poverty, but they're they're by no means are they rich. And you would be surprised how deep they dig into their pocket. Um, you know, we've had some house fires, and people put a GoFundMe page up where they do something like this, and you would be surprised, uh, you know, how much these people are willing to give. And I, I like the people that are there. You know, I. I get crabbed at a lot, mm -hmm. you know, uh, but when you look at it at the end of the day, I, I think that's probably, uh, you know, one of the biggest things is that the people are great. And I think the people really do appreciate that we are transparent mm -hmm. and that we are trying to do something for the community. This is not, this is about us serving them. Mm -hmm. It's not about them serving us. Yeah, and you don't operate in a black box where they don't know what's going on, which creates mistrust and et cetera, et cetera. And then the crabbing gets, then it just accelerates. Yeah, I mean, I get I get yelled at all the time on, on social media. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I found that 99.9% that .9 of the time, the reason why we do is people don't understand. Mm -hmm. So I will, you know, I will take the time uh, to explain to them, mm -hmm. you know, why we made the decision that we did. And, mm -hmm. you know, you, you have to get around, the, uh, I'll call them the jailhouse lawyers, the people that know everything. Mm -hmm. But I have found that when you are truthful mm -hmm. and forthcoming with the people and really do explain to them why something was done mm -hmm. the way that it was, they come to rely on you and they come to trust you. And, you know, I, I hate when people talk about politicians. I'm not a politician. Okay, I'm a politician because I have to get elected every four years. Mm -hmm. But once that election is over, I'm no longer a politician. I'm a resident of the city of Streetsboro that has a vested interest in how good that city does. Mm -hmm. And then I become working for them. And I hate being a politician. I hate raising money. I hate campaigning. But it's, you know, a part of the game you have to do. You have to get there to get to where you can make yeah. an impact. And so I think that's another lesson or point our, our listeners can take away is what you said is, you know, once you get elected, becoming a leader of the people and don't worry about the politics. No. <laughs> and or don't or get away from the word. Pol I mean, politics is such a polarizing word. Oh, it's terrible. And uh, I think you're an example, as you explained it, just something amazing that, um, you know, and, and a lot of the great communities around that we see yeah. and across the Midwest have some of these traits where they're, they're moved, they're, you know, tr full transparency, yeah. you know, it just helps in the people, when people understand things in a clear fashion, then you gain the trust of the people. And that helps immensely, I think, too. Absolutely. So that's, that's amazing. I wish the national politicians would take a cue mm -hmm. from many of the local politicians we have a and frank you've been there before we've had a we have a a very informal group mm -hmm. it's all the mayors supported not all the mayors but portage summit mm -hmm. mayors and we get together there's no dues mm -hmm. there's no fees mm -hmm. one mayor um hosts it mm -hmm. we provide a lunch or a breakfast for yeah. people and we get around and we bs yeah. and I can tell you virtually down to a mayor mm -hmm. that the mayors around here basically feel the same way I do, is that we are here to serve, mm -hmm. and they don't like being, I don't, you know, Democrat or Republican, I, I couldn't tell you what half the people in my council are. I know mm -hmm. what they are, mm -hmm. but we don't have that, mm -hmm. that schism mm -hmm. um, that exists mm -hmm. now. It's mm -hmm. we're here 
for the people. Mm-hmm. We may have a different idea or we may have a different way of looking at things, mm-hmm. but at the end of the day, we have to coalesce. We have to become one. Mm-hmm. And we can argue all we want mm-hmm. in the back room. But when we get out on that floor, we have to present an idea that all of us can agree to and that we're going to move the city forward on. And I think that's just simply amazing when you have that kind of uh, relationship with council because that does not happen very often in in a a lot of And it's only been the last two years. (laughs) My previous previous two terms of council, Mm -hmm. it was very, very difficult. It was very stressful. And the last two years, we finally have a group of people Mm -hmm. in there that really – kind of feel the same way I do. And it has been a pleasure working with them. That's great. You know, Mayor, one of the things I wanted to touch on today, too, that I recently learned was that the city is going to be celebrating their bicentennial in 2022. So congratulations on that. That's uh, I'm sure there's a lot of plans and activities in place for for the celebration. Can you give our listeners, our audience, uh, a taste of what's in store? Well, we're still we're we're still kind of in the planning infancy. Um, We 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 have a committee that is together, um, and and right now that committee is working on you know the different events. We we know we want a fireworks spectacular. That I know that, so we're gonna we're gonna do that. It's gonna be over Labor Day weekend. Um, it'll probably be a two or three day celebration. Um, we'll have some bands. We'll have a uh, probably a community cookout. Uh, you know things along that line. But as far as individual events as we speak, we're we're still working on those. One of the things I, I did want to touch on: we are in the process also of planning an outdoor stage. We had a stage at City Park that had been there for however many years. I I, I got scared anytime somebody walked on it because I thought I was going to collapse. And we managed to get rid of it. And right now we are looking at, and and it's not going to be Blossom Music Center, okay, Mm -hmm. Um, but it will be a pavilion. There will be a stage where we can have movies in the park. We can have concerts. Um, We have a a great location for it. It's on a natural incline on a hill, so people will be able to bring their blankets, come you know down. Uh, We'll be able to show movies, you know, all that good stuff. And this is one of those things that I talked about before that we need to do more for the families and more for the kids. And we hope to have that in place and we if i have anything to do with it we'll have that in place <laughs> I, I i joke but you know the council and i are, are united on this that we want to have this in place um you know before the bicentennial so yeah, we can have that, that gathering area for that it. amphitheater style you know oh, absolutely celebration event it could be the focal point actually really when it comes down to it, it brings people together in one place to celebrate yep yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be cool. I mean, bicentennial. I mean, two hundred years. It's it's uh, you know, and when you when all along, we we're not great stewards of our history. You know, we have very few century homes left. You know, we are largely a farming community up till probably the mid 70s hmm. and you know a lot of those things have gone away some of our stuff is preserved we have some stuff that's at hale farm and village that they had taken from mm-hmm. um so our history is pictorial and you know uh things like that we don't i i don't have century homes that people can go visit you know we saved the singletary house it's not our museum but we have we at one time we were one of the largest cheese producers you know in the western reserve oh. 
Okay, so we we have that, and that's you know we're going to celebrate, and um, you know we have a, a, our oldest cemetery. I actually have Revolutionary War veterans that are buried in the cemetery, um, so we're trying to do some things to to bring that. Sounds weird, but bring that cemetery back to life. Um, it has gone into disrepair, yeah. and you know we need to restore some of the stuff because it's something to be, uh, you know, it's be proud of your heritage. I mean, we have Civil War veterans, we have uh, World War One, World War Two, we have Revolutionary, we have mm. all those veterans that are buried in those cemeteries, and we need to we need to hold their memory. You know, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's important. So we talked about the bicentennial and in general. So how can our listeners learn more about the city, you know, Streets Brew and what's what's going on there? What's well, the best way to We just learn? revamped our website. Very good. Um you know, they can go to www.cityofstreetsboro.com. Um, it's very easy to navigate. Um, we have current news. We, tr- we try to keep it up. You know, we have the uh, the open checkbook on there. You can see where I'm spending my money. Um, I mean, it's a very... Actually, one of my council people, who's an IT guy, was the uh, driving force to get this redone. He's, he, he told me, he says, our website's terrible. He says, we need to fix it. So we hired a consultant, and they did. So they can go to the city of Shreveport. And actually, Wikipedia, uh, believe it or not, has a pretty good uh, okay. has a pretty good thing on it if you want to learn more about the city. But our website, you know, we're, we're big on social media. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you, I have a, a Mayor Glambraska page, and we have a uh, Shreveport discussion information page. My fire department has a page. My police department has a page. Parks and Rec has a page. Search department has a page. Oh, so awesome. we are, you know, we're out there. If That's people awesome. want to learn more, and people can call me, yeah, you know, six two six four nine four two extension forty one zero five, you know, um, I mean, great. I I do answer my phone. If you leave a voicemail, I do get back to you. That's awesome. You know, that is great, Mayor. Thanks. Uh, we do have time for one more question, and uh, you know, we we typically throw a fun question in. So this this question, I know, Dwayne, this is more self serving for us because we want to we want to get ideas. So I. I Wanted you to maybe share some ideas on your bucket list, what you're planning on maybe doing. A uh, few good ideas for Dwayne and I maybe over the next couple of years. What, what's on your bucket list of things to do that are fun? Infrastructure. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> He's know, my kind of guy. He, he wants to do infrastructure. Well, I, I mean, we've paved. Uh, well, let me rephrase the question. Outside of work, what's on your bucket list to do that's fun? Um, I love to golf. Uh, I suck at golf, but I love to golf. He's lying, by the way, because I've golfed with him before. Um, okay. You know, I like to, you know, like we had spoke before, I used to be a biker, and I, I became scared of that and recently purchased a boat. I like to uh, like to go on vacations. I like spending time, you know, with my, my wife and kids and stuff like that. Her and I built a home three years ago on quite a bit of land and I've always been told that if your wife ever gets to the end of her honeydew list she's going to throw you away <laughs> so I always make sure that there's always something I don't always get everything completed just so I can keep that you know um but I'm I'm a pretty simple person you know the, the family brings me a lot of joy um and like I said I, I I love golf especially when I hit that perfect driver sink that 35 foot putt you know, and that, and that really is that really is the the extent of it. And this is going to sound really corny, but I love my job. I really honestly do. Well, that do. shows through. It's it's evident when you drive through the city. It's evident sitting here talking to you today. 
uh, you're an inspiration for me um, move, moving forward. So I really appreciate uh, well, your you. comments, and this was a great conversation for me. Yeah, and thank you again, Mayor, for your time, and uh, very inspirational today, and I hope our listeners out there and uh you know get some inspiration from from you sharing your ideas and thoughts and hopefully some leaders will reach out to you well, and uh, so it's, it's all about you know you talked about the mayor association getting the, getting together and it's a great story but it's a lot of hard work and uh and it never ends it never ends but as you said you love your job and so uh thank you again for your time and uh, good luck in your endeavors for the rest of the year. Well, thank you. And thank you both for having me. I really do appreciate it. I've known Frank now for, what, eight, ten years now or eight yeah, years we, or so? Yeah, we met the first year you became yeah. mayor. And, uh, you know, Environmental Design Group has done projects for us. And, and you know, we're, 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 we're trying to reach out. We're trying to, you know, we are trying to you know, spread the wealth a little bit because we have so much stuff going on. And, uh, you know, I... I don't ever put all your eggs in, eggs in one basket. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, Frank has been there beside us and, and done, you know, EDG has done a great job for us. And we look forward to continue to work with them. And I, I, I sincerely appreciate you guys having me here today. Thank you very much. You're welcome. And thank you. Thank you.